Welcome to the Subscription League, a podcast by Purchasely. Listen to what's working in subscription apps. In each episode, we invite leaders of the app industry who are mastering the subscription model for mobile apps. To learn more about subscriptions, head to subscriptionleague.com. Let's get started. Hey, Nicholas, we're recording today because last week you had a big presentation. How did it go? Hello, Olivier. It was just fantastic. It was a roundtable in Berlin that we organized with a feature, a very famous mobile growth marketing agency. And we've been discussing with the great app experts on the dynamic paywall optimization and how those experts leverage on the paywall to maximize conversion, retention and revenue. So the session was recorded and it will be available very soon on the Purchasely website. So stay tuned. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome roundtable and feature. We had Andy Carvel actually with us in the last episode. So if you want to hear more about what they're doing, you can check, I believe, episode one and episode 10. But today we've invited Tim Schmitz to join us. He's the co-founder at Yodel, where they are building a unique way for people to share and connect at a local level. So far, you have expanded rapidly across Europe and Saudi Arabia and are continuing that expansion. So Tim, welcome to the show. And is there anything you'd like to add to the intro I just made? Thank you for the warm welcome. No, that was uh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So at Yodel, you guys are building an application for hyper-local content. What challenges does this kind of application represent? So in general, I mean, we believe that a local community platform is one of the few outstanding opportunities in, in the social space. But we also believe that there is a reason why it doesn't exist yet, because it's very hard. Why? Because we are not building one global community where we have to moderate, scale, content, build the architecture, etc. But we are building basically hundreds of thousands within a country. And they're all different. Even within a country, they're different. Between countries, they're different. Locations are very different. And that's kind of the USP of our product, but also kind of the challenge of what we're building. Yeah. And, you know, I know, for example, a lot of people are doing marketing online and getting users to their apps through Facebook, those kind of things. I'm sure you guys are doing that too. But are there any other way that you guys have to approach that problem because you're doing hyperlocal? So marketing wise, definitely, it's also like challenging to build local communities. I mean, if you have global communities, uh, you know, you have this one critical mass of users that you need. And this one critical mass of users, once you have it, you know, it just grows from there. But for us, obviously, it's, it's also this is much bigger of a challenge because basically we need to create that critical mass within every single location, basically within every single city. Which also is a simple problem of what channels do we use in order to grow within a location because purely digital is usually hard because the penetration within one city and, you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of people you reach within your target demographic within one location and then the digital channels through which you reach them and then obviously some kind of conversion and this math is kind of difficult, which is why usually many location-based provider, they also still do offline, something like flyers, etc. It's just to get more eyeballs on the product, more downloads, reach critical mass within a location. And that's also what we did in the past. We still do that actually, and still trying to find, let's say right now, our right, let's say marketing channels to grow locally. But it's also definitely a challenge because we are kind of massively decreasing the potential user base by just being able to target in one demographic in one location. I'm curious, you, you mentioned passing out flyers. Have you been a good startup founders and did you go on the street and pass out flyers yourself? 
Of course. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done it in a while now, but uh, we, we all did that. Actually, we did like when we launched, like all of us were pretty much on the road, but it worked out quite well. So <laughs> just one quick question. How many countries, how many users are we speaking about here? So we have around 3 million MAUs around that. Whoa. And yeah, I mean, it always depends a little bit on what you consider active. Of course. And in how many countries are you uh, deployed? So our biggest markets are the Dach markets, so Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Nordics, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark. But then we do have users all over the world, especially also in the Arabic countries, especially Saudi Arabia and, you know, a few people in the US, a few people in France, like across the world, basically. Great. That's amazing. So another, what I think is a very special aspect of Yodel is that you guys are social media app and yet it's not completely free there are some features that people pay for apart from boosting and what some people might consider ads i'm curious if you can tell us what kind of features you guys put behind a paywall and how did you get there to ask users to pay for those features so i mean our broader monetization strategy at the beginning we just started with obviously ads because it's just the model that is most known and let's say easiest to scale at the beginning i guess and we started doing that like a while ago and we created some like let's say standard commodity features ads but also some that are let's say purely native to yodel which is a very local engaging easy to use format which we called boosted post or like back then even the digital ad column. And basically what we wanted to do with this is give advertisers kind of a unique experience to engage with the local community. But our, our vision obviously was also always to get in touch with uh, or like at least like one important part of the local community is obviously the people then there is you know local institutions etc but all, one is also local businesses like cafes around the corner etc and our idea was like why don't we just give this same feature make it available instead of only professional advertisers also to you know the cafe next door and that's when the idea was to just put the same pretty much ad behind a like in a purchase We made it quite expensive at the beginning because obviously our reach in some locations is already pretty high. So we had to make sure that, you know, we're not selling ourselves under value. So we just created the, basically the same ad as an in-app purchase, just try it out. And kind of our, the hypothesis was that, yes, these people, they could be doing Facebook ads, but Facebook ads, I mean, if you've done it recently, it's kind of complicated <laughs> and not many cafe owners would be able to even do pull it off. So our idea was, why don't we just make it very simple? It's native to Yodel and you just go in, you just do Apple pay and you, you know have this app up and running and you immediately reach people within your location and it was the first in-app purchase and we actually saw people doing it although it was like 500 bucks or something like that and that was the first we ever did and obviously like this has to be behind a paywall otherwise users would be going crazy right but that's when we figured that also many users they didn't purely put you know hey come to my cafe or hey do this but many users also put just like funny things behind it or boosted content that was you know user generated that was uh kind of Yeah, just like regular content that wasn't even, let's say, promotional content. And that's when we kind of doubled down on it. And I mean, we improved on the boosting, made it available, like just for so much smaller amounts of money, like 99 cents, etc. Added another, like a bunch of other features on top and very quickly saw that there's very significant possibility behind 
this and actually the formats in itself are much cooler because as are always value detracting so they take kind of attention away from your platform and if you have a 1% CTR which would be very good for an ad that means that you're showing the ad to 99% of people that for them it's not relevant versus in-app purchases they're kind of win-win because number one you are adding value to a user because this user pays and for the other user it's even good because there's good content being promoted and the other users also benefit from it so that's when we leveraged much more on it uh, built more features and very significantly got to scale also got inspired by a few fellow co-founders for example Yubo um, they also completely stopped the ads and just went for in-app purchases and had super amount of like success about it so yeah that's how it came along cool and so you mentioned boosting what are other kind of features that you guys put behind a paywall we created reactions but then some kind of special kind of reactions that have special utility behind for example you can donate a week of yodel plus which is our subscription to another user or you can you can hug another user you know like some reactions like there's some default standard reactions that are obviously free but then some other ones they are paid we tried quite a few more recently we focused more on the, like where these were more consumables and now recently we focused more on subscription a very early feature that we actually did was also that you can post a yodel in like a color in a special color we still have that actually so you can post a black like yodel is very colorful we have like red green whatever blue and then you could post a black yodel which obviously especially in berlin was very popular <laughs> but yeah some of these so i think boost reaction colored yodel and subscription are the biggest features right now and so you just mentioned that you guys have subscriptions and most of apps that i know of once they move to subscription they kind of abandon the in-app purchase altogether where you guys use it on both fronts can you like tell us what do you use for subscription what do you use for in-app and and how do you did you get to that mix so, I mean, we started off with consumables mostly because of it's just easier to take it away again, you know, because once you have a subscription and the user paid for it, technically you can't remove that anymore until like, because like the user paid for it, right? So we started off with consumables just to get, you know, like accustomed to it, to feel more comfortable, etc. And also consumables is a super good feature to monetize whales because obviously if you have a subscription, you're kind of capping on the upside because you only are able to spend 90 or 99. But there's some users that want to boost so much that they would spend hundreds of euros every day. So you're kind of capping the upside on that user. So that's why kind of we started off with consumables. It's just like easier to experiment with. You're not kind of committing just yet. At the same time, it monetizes very well on the on the whales. Eventually, we found that especially in, let's say, Western Europe, in like consumables, they weren't like, let's say, used so much because we felt like that subscription was like the more knowledgeable, let's say, kind of buying as like buying within an app in Europe. So we kind of added it on top, started off with a very simple subscription where you just don't see ads and then added some credits to it every week. So you like get like three boosts for free every week. You get like three reactions for free every week. But then if you want to have more, you still have to do the consumables. So like we have some kind of base level where users are happy with, but then, you know, the whales, they can spend more. 
And that's how we got into it. And then we focused more on the subscription. And actually, that's when we also found out, like after adding some features that weren't available also as a consumable, that the revenue significantly increased on that subscription. And now the subscription is actually bigger than our consumables. So I think it's like consumables is good as a way to monetize whales. And because like there's some people that will just spend a lot of money. And it's like in gaming, you know, where it's also like that. But then the subscription is just like a very recurring revenue or, and that is also many users are more accustomed to. And we added some features that are available only as a, as a consumable. We added some features that are only available in the subscription. And the mix for us so far worked out really well. But there is a balance to find here because you are a social platform. So it needs to be free to be able to grow the community. But at the same time, you're monetizing some features. So do you have a particular strategy to define, okay, this will be free because uh, it's uh, mandatory to use the platform and uh, this won't and we can monetize it with the subscription or the in-app purchases? Yeah, so the way we experiment for us, it was, was actually pretty complex. So we always start with just throwing all ideas in without any kind of limitation to our minds. And then we run experiments with it. So basically what we created is like a platform or like a feature where we kind of fake the Apple payment flow. And then, you know, like we can configure from the back end like certain icons in the app that would appear in certain parts of the app. And then, you know, like configure like a pop-up message that like, hey, you can now do X, Y, Z. Do you want to buy this? And then you we say yes, buy now or no, don't. And then once if you say yes, buy now, we kind of fake the Apple payment flow. And after the payment, we say, hey, this feature is not available just yet. It's still in beta. We didn't charge you, etc. Just to measure the conversion and just to see what would users be willing to pay for. Because that like, then you have kind of all kind of, let's say, I ideas on the table and you actually have verified statistical information whether a user would buy this or not before actually developing the feature. So it takes like 20 minutes to run such an experiment. But then afterwards, of course, there's a lot of ideas where you have to watch out in the social platform. Like what we always try to avoid is create a two-class society. So we always wanted to make sure that the features that we are actually going to develop, you know, that the users that use it for free, they have basically the same experience as the users that pay for it. But the ones that pay for it is more like nice to haves, right? So you, you can yodel, you can reach the people around, you can do pretty much everything. But if you want to boost it, so reach more people, obviously that's not a necessary feature for every user, right? Or like a reaction, you can use a standard reaction, but then there's certain other ones where, uh, that you can't use. So examples of ones that we actually abandoned was something like, I mean, like one that I was very bullish on is like, you know, we have a few banned people and they desperately want to get in back in. <laughs> so why not make these people? <laughs> Okay, to like just get back in because then apparently these users, you know, they are really desperate to come back in and they will probably behave to not be able to not pay anymore. But obviously something like that we wouldn't be able to do. We never really cut on engagement. So something like chatting or something like that, one-on-one -on -one chatting is was always free, is posting is always free. But then things that you not necessarily need, something like I don't see ads or like I post a black yodel, you know, these things are nice to have and the user apparently they're willing to pay for it, but it's definitely not something that every user would need. Yeah, that's awesome. I like this uh, fake it until you make it. And those smoke tests you mentioned, uh, that's also, I think, a very good way to drive your roadmap by uh, identifying the opportunities, the business potential of a particular feature, and then to develop it after you know that uh, it's going to draw money. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. I mean, it's just very important because like, especially with big features, you're putting significant risk. If you need one month to develop a feature, that's like 50K of cost. So if you do that, better be certain that this is likely going to drive revenue. And yeah, for us, it worked very well because we actually did roll out the majority of the features that we developed because we did have very clear confidence already before that with these tests. And so you did lots, sounds like you did a lot of experimentation around all those features. I'm sure you run into some unexpected winners and unexpected losers. Do you mind sharing with us like kind of a, of the few ones that totally came the other way than you thought they would? Sure. So unexpected winners, I mean, definitely, for example, that color feature, you know, I would have never expected that somebody would pay for a Yodel being in black, you know, because I just thought like, that's useless. Like who would ever spend money <laughs> on that? But then we, we tested it and, you know, the conversions were pretty good. <laughs> so uh, like, oh, well, maybe we should do it. And it was just like a one or two, like we probably wouldn't have developed it like this, but it was actually a pretty small feature, like two days and the conversions were good. So we did it. So within the first month, we made like, I don't know, something like 10, 20K or something like that, for which for a one or two day feature is pretty good, right? So like this definitely was an unexpected winner. Also the whole reactions, you know, like sending a super hard to another user or something like that. I wouldn't have imagined that it was that good, but then, you know, we tested it, experimented with it and it was very successful. We built it and immediately it made quite significant amount of money. Unexpected losers. So I was very confident on increasing the radius of your post, you know, so now you see it within a 10 kilometer radius within your city, if you just post. And then, you know, just like instead of boosting it to more people in your location, also increasing the radius to maybe like 50 kilometers, I would have 100% thought this would be a very successful feature. But then we ran the experiment. And again, like one of the experiments is like 20 minutes or something like that. We ran it and literally zero people converted. So like, okay, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing on this one. So uh, we didn't build it. I mean, I can't tell obviously now if it would have in real life worked, but probably not because literally zero person, zero, zero people converted. Uh, yeah, j just just a quick question here. Do you combine those uh, extensive tests with uh, user interviews to then understand why the feature you mentioned about uh, raising the radius of your post didn't work? You have any idea at the end or you just know that uh, it's not a good idea and uh, you pass to the next one? We do it, but more with the fees. I mean, like back then we ran like a hundred experiments a month. So like in, in a single month we would have like, so obviously we can't, Whoa. we can't focus on all of them and understand each one of them. But the ones where we were either very confident about that we very much wanted to do or like that just performed really well, obviously these ones we then like went much, much deeper into. For example, one of the most successful ones or fake buttons that we ever, uh, we call those fake button experiments because it's just like an experiment, but a fake one. The most successful one we ever did was tipping. So tipping other users, similar to other platforms like Twitch, etc. And in those ones, of course, then we go deep and we really try to understand in what use cases would you do it? Why would you do it? What's your intention behind it? How much would you donate, uh, et cetera? Just to make sure, I mean, especially on the winners also sometimes, you know, it's just a math game, you know, because like consumables, obviously your recurrency is much higher, but also something like donating suddenly you're not having 100% of the margin anymore, you know? So like in those cases, of course, it's important to go deep especially on the bigger features, but we couldn't do that with like all 100 of like every month of the, of the experiments, like simply due to time reasons. This is awesome. And I'm curious for the unexpected winners, do you feel like now that I guess you've had more experience with the project that you have a better understanding as to why they're working or are you still kind of baffled by those working now? 
Of course, I mean, with each fake button experiment, you're kind of getting more knowledge and shaping your also gut feeling about the product, what could work, what couldn't work, you know. So, for example, one of the things that I learned, especially with something like reactions, was the whole social dynamic behind it, you know, so like gifting, donating, etc. all of this. It's kind of, you know, it kind of goes in like we're not a dating platform, but it kind of goes into dating, you know, so everything <laughs> that was directed towards this kind of, let's say, social dynamic, I figured they would all work. Also something like like on Yodel right now, you don't have a public profile yet. So, and also here again, like there was a big question of how should we do it to not create a two-class society because obviously everybody should be able to have like some kind of a basic public profile. So like what I'm really bullish on right now, for example, is that, you know, you can create a public profile where right now everybody has like a little colored raccoon and that you can, you know, have a standard set of, let's say, maybe 10 more emojis that you can put as your, let's say, profile emoji. But then, you know, have 20 more that are paid because then also you're kind of uniquely identifying yourself and it goes into that whole, you know, getting to know, meeting people. So that's something I where I would now be very bullish on based upon those learnings because all these social dynamics so far worked really, really well. So it's not like you're afterwards like obviously certain, you're never certain, like many times <laughs> things don't work and many times things do work when you don't believe it. But let's say you're shaping your gut feeling, you're shaping your product knowledge, you're shaping your kind of feeling towards what could work. And yeah. One question I love to ask people in those interviews, and I, I don't do it every time, and I actually didn't do it in our prep interview, so I don't even know if you have an answer to that question. But did you ever had a bug that shipped in production and then you, you know, realized that it should just be a feature that that bug is the best thing ever, the best accident that you ever had? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. So bugs probably like direct bugs, maybe not so much. Let's say what we more had was, so what I, what on social and uh, social platforms, I always found really, really interesting is that a lot of users, they kind of find workarounds towards features they really want to have. So for like, for example, I mean, how Yodel was created is also like that. I mean, back in the days in the US and in Europe, there were groups like Spotted, which was like kind of university admin groups of anonymous, let's say, yeah, like kind of admins that would repost what people would send them to, for the university. So there's like Spotted Uni Mannheim, Spotted AGC, Spotted I don't know what, you know, and it's kind of the same as Yodel because you're, and everybody was following that page because like you submit to an admin and this user would then repost to the entire university. In the US, it was like called confessions. So you had like maybe UC Berkeley confessions, UCSB confessions, etc. And you would like post. So basically they would use Facebook towards tapping into a local graph, but Facebook is not made for a local graph, right? So Facebook is made towards your friend's graph or by now like a global graph. And we had a lot of these things. So for example, at the beginning, we had a lot of, let's say users, they would like, you would have a post and it was a very interesting local story. So people would want to follow it, but we didn't have any follow functionality. So they would always comment with a pin emoji because then they would find that post again in their my replied yodels. And at the same time, they would get notifications because they replied on that post. So what we did was we just put a pin button on the top of the Yodel then, and then we just like created that feature based on how users kind of hacked their way into it. Or another one was cable car emoji that people would always use because like we didn't have a functionality to jump on the top or bottom of a post. So people would 
post the cable car so it would bring them to the bottom of the post but then obviously like the post was always spammed so we created kind of a cable car functionality that would make you jump on the top or bottom of the yodel so these ones like it's not bugs but it's kind of let's say very weird dynamics that users kind of hacked their way into because they needed that feature and then building that feature which were and those ones were always super successful because users already did it and it was now just much more simple and obviously it's good that you listen to the community you know what the community is up to because they do this so it's not really bugs but more like let's say users hacking their way into features that don't exist (laughs) yeah uh, what i find great about this story is that it shows that you guys are paying attention to your user base and implementing features for you know that they're hacking their way around the app right now i'm curious how how do you keep a pulse on that usage to find those you know hacking so you can create features that make it easier I mean, we obviously use the platform ourselves, right? So like, <laughs> that's like always, always the best way to do it. But then obviously we do like listen to a lot, like all the user feedback, basically. So if you post something on Yodel with hashtag feedback, it's immediately bot will post it into our Slack so that we would immediately get the feedback. And there's a bunch of those. I mean, we do a lot of service. We do a lot of these things. But then most importantly, obviously, we use the app ourselves a lot. So I guess that's the combination of all of those user interviews, the combination of all of those channels are kind of like where we derive our roadmap from. Just uh, an open question. Uh, What are your current and incoming challenges regarding increasing the revenue and in-app purchases and subscription? Do you have anything to share? Yes. So uh, like challenges towards increasing revenue and subscription. So basically, I mean, the biggest challenge is obviously just like plain pure marketing, because, you know, we're still trying to find the right marketing channels and loading more users because more users means always more revenue, you know, (laughs) because like the percentage conversion of MAUs, they usually stay the same. So the easiest way is just to load in more users. And right now we're kind of trying to figure out what marketing channels because like they always change, right? So and now, right now, we let's say we don't have figured out yet which ones would work for us right now. Specifically towards revenue, I mean, we like, especially with the subscription, we kind of put in a lot of, let's say, features that perform very well on those on those fake buttons and they work really well. The subscription grew a lot. But now kind of the, let's say, easy solutions through which we could scale this, we're kind of out of them, you know, so like now the next features that would come, there would be bigger bets, something like profile, you know, like because on Yodel, you don't have a public profile yet and we see people want it, people already kind of do it. So we should create it and then put like kind of a paid feature on top of it. But this is obviously a big change to the platform. It's a big feature to be developed. So kind of the little, hey, make a black Yodel kind of features. Also, you can't put too much of them, right? Because otherwise a lot of users, they're already complaining, oh, now every second feature here is behind a paywall. So you kind of have to watch out that this doesn't happen. And, you know, you can't have 20 of those features, but rather maybe five. And these five, of course, like right now, we found the ones that were easy and that, you know, created a lot of revenue. But now let's say the scale is going to increase. So we have to find better features than those that at the same time will probably rather be bigger. So that, that means more invest, more risk. So I'd say that is the biggest challenge right now to make sure, number one, we still find impactful features. Number two, these ones are better than the current ones because we don't just want to add 10 on top. And at the same time, make sure that those ones are still, let's say, not, let's say, three-month projects, but still these little two, three, four, five-day features, hopefully, that we are trying to create here. 
hope that makes sense. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, of course. Awesome. Well, those those were all the questions that we had for you today. So I want to thank you very much, team, for joining us on the podcast today. Those were really great answers and got lots of value in it. So thank you again. Thank you very much, team. Thank you very much for hosting me. Thank you. On behalf of the purchasing team, thank you for listening to the Subscription League podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or other audio platform. To find out more about Purchasely and how we can improve your subscription business, visit Purchasely.com. Please hit subscribe in your podcast player and don't miss any future episodes. You can also listen to previous episodes at SubscriptionLeague.com. See you soon.